Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we continue West Craven Month with 2005's Cursed. Regular dog. Something's wrong. The only way you can break the curse is to kill the person who started it all. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I just, I needed to talk to you. This film has very recognizable people. We have Christina Ritchie. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Scott Bayo. <laughs> that name might may or may not be recognizable to many. Um, who else is in this? Milo uh, Vichamali, whatever his name is, from This Is Us. Oh, <clears throat> from Gossip Girl. I'm sorry, Gossip Girl, Jesus. Gilmore Girls. Let's see. Do not hate me, Gilmore Girl fans. I'm a Gilmore Girl fan. Don't ask me why the fuck I'm thinking about Gossip Girl. Gilmore Girls, Joshua Jackson, yep. Maya, who was a thing at some point. She's a singer. Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, who's not in the movie? Would I'll you... tell you who's not in the movie. These are all the people that were in the movie, filmed all their scenes, and then their part got cut. I wrote all this down. Ileana Douglas, Heather Langenkamp. Scott Foley, Omar Epps, Robert Forrester, who you'll remember from a lot of the movie Alligator, um, Jackie Brown, a ton of things. He's a great actor. I'm curious to know what he was going to play. James Brolin and Corey Feldman were all in this movie originally, and they all had their scenes cut. So what the hell were all these people playing in this movie? Because this is literally a movie that, depending on which article you read, was either shot and reshot four or five times. This movie was literally lived up to its name. It was fucking cursed. Yep. It was cursed. It's a Kevin Williamson, Wes Craven joint. Another film where they've collaborated again. And I see where, like, on paper, it would sound like a great idea. Hey, Kevin Williamson, Wes Craven. They revitalized the whole sl- or sl- sorry, slasher genre. They brought back horror in the 90s. It's the 2000s. They've already finished the Scream series. Why don't we give our werewolves a crack? Someone else that was supposed to be in the film that also got fired, cut Rick Baker. First of all, yeah. how do you 
Who's Rick Baker, you may ask, if you happen to not know anything about film history. Or anything. <laughs> he's a makeup artist. And he's won a plethora. Not one, not two, not three. Many. Okay? Academy Awards. The highest award in his field for best makeup. He has also won a BAFTA, which is the equivalent over there in Europe for an Academy Award. He's won nothing but awards for his work on films, but yet you fire him and replace him with well, CGI. Well, no way. You fire him and you replace him with Greg Nicotero and all the people from KNB. Oh, yes. And then you also fire those. have done a shit ton of amazing work over the years. And then you fire them... And replace everything with CGI. Which is just a slap to the fucking face, okay? No wonder Rick Baker was like, obviously, many years later, but he was like, I'm out. No one appreciates the, you know, practical effects and makeup anymore. Which is bullshit, because let me tell you, the werewolf in this film is disappointing. Like, there's one scene where there's a transformation happening, and it's like, okay... I'm not a huge American and uh, London fan. American Werewolf in Werewolf London? And, what? American Werewolf in London? Yes, that's what I said. American okay, Werewolf in London. That's what, I, that's what I meant. American Werewolf in London fan. But I could recognize that that shit transformation, that amazing transformation is fucking... Um, you can't... You This is nothing. Holds no fucking that to that. This this transformation in this movie is just the worst. Look, the transformation like, scene in Bad Moon that's Rising... That's literally what I was going to say. A, ...was a little bit better than this one. And look, that one in Bad Moon Rising had like 1995 or 6 CGI going for it. And it still looked a little bit better... Or not any worse than this one that was made nearly 10 years later. It's just so terrible. It really ruins the movie. And I, I don't, you don't even know from a interview that Jesse Eisenberg, um, had said that we don't even know what, he doesn't even know what the original film looked like, what it was. They've changed it so many times. Because it was altered so many times. And it's like, we will never see that movie ever. We don't even know what it could have been. And well, that, said they didn't even have the ending down before they started redoing the rest of the movie. It's just so wild how... Here's another thing. The werewolf was going to be played by Derek Mears, who's played the Predator at, you know, Swamp Thing in the most recent series. He's good at playing the creatures like that, but then his part's probably totally gone. The only scene he might still be... Hello, Teddy. The only scene he might be in is the one scene in the elevator where you see hands reaching in to grab her. That could that, have been anyone's hand. It could have been what I'm saying. Since he was in the werewolf makeup at one point, they probably left that in. That's probably the only point he's in there. The the hand, it even though it does look hokey because you're like it doesn't match up, but it's the it looks pretty good compared to what we see later on. It's just and then I feel like the movie also is all over the place. It has a weird like I don't know, maybe it's just me. And I know what you did last summer, like the beginning. I guess maybe because they're like at a carnival. And, you know, there's like that whole like 4th of July celebration going on. They're at a carnival and Shannon, Elizabeth, and Maya get their their palms red. And Portia DeRossi, also in the film. Back from Scream 2. Back. 
Along with Joshua Jackson. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, they got their reunion. favorites. They brought him back in uh, to be in this film with, well, Portia the Rose, she didn't have that, uh, Rossi didn't have that large of a part. But she no. actually, no, she wasn't. She was scattered, kind of like sprinkled throughout the film because we see her about two or three times in the yeah. film. Because she's the one, of course, you're going to have, you can't have a werewolf movie and not have a gypsy. It's like, that's a thing. Like, there's always going to be a gypsy or like some shaman or somebody that has like that old, like, you know, the wisdom of the lore of the werewolf. Yeah, somebody's got to be, you know, there to explain what the werewolf is because we've never heard of it before. And, you know, I, I don't know. But so we have this, you know, opening where they get their hands red and it's beware. You know, there's a beast after you, a beast. And then they hop in the car, you know, whether it's later on or the next day. And they get into a car accident with Christian, with Christa, uh, Christina, Christina Ritchie, Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg. Where and who are brother and sister in this version of the film, and they get into a car accident because, of course, that's you know, the wolf is gonna attack them. You have to have the wolf attack at some point. And he goes after all of them, scratches the brother and sis, mauls uh, Shannon Elizabeth because she was just by herself. Yeah, Maya took a different car home, she comes back into it later, and then we have the whole you know, the the transformation of both characters, Jesse Eisenberg and, you know, sister Christina Ritchie and how they're going through it. Of course, Jesse Eisenberg, he's being, you know, typical Jesse Eisenberg, the nerdy, you know, outcast guy, you know, who who's all about as soon as he has his first like, I feel like five seconds later, he was like, I saw a wolf. And then he's like Googling, you know, I always love the movies when they sit down at the computer and they're like, let me Google ancient werewolf texts and legends. Boop. First thing that comes up is the first thing they click on. It's exactly what they need. That's How many times <laughs> have you ever, the first thing that came up when you Googled it was exactly what you needed? It's hilarious. And then it always goes like, this is 2005. So most of it was probably, it might be on a little bit of, you know, uh, cable internet and that stuff. But probably most people were still using dial-up. And you get all these amazing graphics on the screen. There's animation going and all this. And it's like, I, I don't know. This doesn't seem like the computers I had back in 2005. We did forget to mention uh, Judy Greer's also in the film. Yeah, everybody's in this damn movie. Yeah, well, she's important because la, la, la. So Scott Bayo in one version of the film... Um, so Christina Ritchie works for what's Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn, which you at may the time he was hosted. The time they started this movie, he was the host of the Late Late Show. By the time this movie came out, he was no longer hosting it and had moved on to something else. So at the time, like, it had been like two and a half years since they'd started this. Yeah, he was revelant, and you would have been like, "Oh yeah, Craig Kilborn, okay." And now, then when it came out, it was like crickets. Who the fuck is this guy? Who is this guy? Oh, Why this is, is just a made up, made up guy that she works for. Why did they get this guy whose show has been off the air for two years to be the host? Yeah, or they just thought it was part of the movie, like just a character in a movie, and they didn't even know that he was a real person that actually did that. But so you have, you know, she works for the talk show. And a night show, and she's the one that brings the guests on, and um, she kind of, you know, has the whole Scott Bale's going to be on for whatever the host is going to be on. I don't know. It's like you can't obviously be talking about Charles in Charge. It's been like twenty years, and 
He's coming on to talk about his projects. And then he's supposed to be the werewolf? Like, that would have been weird. I don't understand the whole Kevin Williamson, like, hokey hokey, let's make him the fucking werewolf. I think it's When it's like no one even knew who he was at the time. Like, certain people, obviously, of a certain demographic, like, age, we're going to know, oh, it's Charles in Charge. You know, it's, you know, what is his name? Um, But I think he was trying to do it, like, it was going to be a surprise, and it was going to be like, oh, this is why Scott Bayo disappeared off the face of the earth for years, is because he became a werewolf and he had to hide out. Ha ha ha. It was going to be kind of a meta joke. But I just, I don't think it worked. And I think when they saw that in the movie, they were kind of like, I don't know. So the people that fucked up the movie, along with one person that ended up, unfortunately, fucking many people's lives is the the Weinstein brothers. (laughs) And you would think that they would trust Craven and Williamson since they had made them a shit ton of money with all the Scream movies. Exactly. You would think they would just hand them the money and go, turn in the movie when it's done. Thanks. And then just let that shit ride and just cash their checks. Exactly. Exactly. But no, of course, they had to put their fucking two cents because they literally were putting in their two cents. They're producing the film and they want their everything that they want in there and asking for rewrites and reshoots 29,000 times. And they're the geniuses who cut all the practical werewolf effects. I also don't understand the logic. It's like you're bleeding us dry. Usually, I mean, not usually. The whole thing is you're supposed to turn a movie over quickly. Yeah. You're supposed to turn it over quickly. We need it in the theater. Shoot it. It has, you know, three months or however the fuck it's going to take. And then let's fucking be done with it. Because all of that shit takes money. Film takes money. People, everyone working. The catering. I mean, there's it just adds up every single little thing. Paying the fucking actors, the cameramen. Like, everything adds up. And it's a huge fucking bill. And you don't want to be spending two and a half years on a fucking movie. This is not a Western. This is not some fucking epic. It's a fucking werewolf movie. It's a horror movie. And like you already mentioned, they already made them so much money on the whole first screen. That it's just like, let them do and be, you know, the fucking good team that they are. Yeah, whatever. But they had issues amongst them. But nevertheless, they were able to pop out something good of quality. That's memorable. And this, unfortunately, is like deemed in history to be one of the worst movies. (laughs) Yeah, this movie, by the time they were done, they spent 90 to $100 million. Depends on who you talk to or which article you read. And it ended up taking in about 30. Yeah, it did terribly. Yeah. So it was a big bomb. Yeah, it didn't even take in a third of its budget. Now, initially, if the original budget, I think, was supposed to be around $30 million, which was probably going to go towards mostly werewolf effects. And if they had kept that, they might have been able to make some money back because it would have been out faster. They could have, you know, they would have made more money getting it out. And by 2005, the horror landscape was shifting from these kind of PG-13 horror movies which is another thing, they originally shot an R-rated horror movie with a lot of graphic effects, and then they had to cut everything out of it so they could get a PG-13. This The market was shifting at this point. You were starting to get Saw and everything come out, and it was shifting to the hardcore movies. This, you know, if it had been out sooner, it might have been a success. I really, I can't get over the firing of Rick Baker. I mean, just that's just like... Yeah, how did you think that any practical effect... Okay, you've hired, you fired him because you don't like his werewolf because he doesn't apparently know shit about werewolves. 
And then you're going to hire Greg Nicotero, who's like, okay, he's in he's in the A game too. He's in the A team. He His werewolf wasn't good enough for you either. You need to replace that shit with CGI. But they did the same bullshit with the Thing remake. They're like, let's hire some people, let them do all these amazing practical effects, and then we'll just replace it with CGI. I I don't understand it. You know, the other thing that kills me is like, in 2018, there was a whole campaign of release the Craven cut. And because the Craven cut is out there, you can't see it. It's just the ending was never shot, like you've mentioned before. So it's like they're not going to release this movie without an ending. I personally, I wouldn't even mind if they released a whole movie and then the ending was just the fucking, um, whatchamacallit, the storyboards yeah. of what happened. Or... Fucking someone come in and pull a freaking, um, you know, animation on that shit. They've done that with a lot of the old Doctor Who episodes that are literally, some of them were like, they were never recorded properly and they lost parts of them. So they will literally have the episode restored what they can and then they animate sequences with the dialogue or whatever they can get or get people to fill in. Do that. It would be interesting to see. Just do an animated ending to it. And if you wanted to just, put this out with another version of it. You put out the movie that was released. They released a PG-13 version. Then they released an R version on DVD. Put those out and then just throw the actual initial cut with Craven on there too. You'll get people to buy it just to see that, you know? They might make some money back on it. I know it's uh, Patrick Lussier was the editor of almost all of Craven's stuff in the modern times. And he has said he has the footage. So just put it on a disc, guys. Call Scream Factory. It's, they will be over there with a briefcase in a matter of minutes to pick that shit up. Yeah, but because it's Miramax, like no one knows who owns like the fucking rights to it, and it's it literally just comes down to a rights issue. It's just one of those fucking things. So it'll take twenty years from to another twenty years from to resolve it. This will be one of those things that after uh, everybody has, like, all the Weinsteins are dead, someone who will finally inherit all their stuff will then release the stuff just to crank it out on whatever the format is at the time. I'll watch it when I'm 90 years old. We'll see it on 16K DVD stick or whatever it is they're releasing at the time. It's going to be, like, liquid air. Yeah, it's going to be a liquid they just inject into you, then you watch the movie that way. Ew, yuck. (laughs) I don't like it. So we really haven't discussed, I mean, we discussed all the bullshit of the film, but the film itself um, is kind of, like I was mentioning before, you know, it's kind of all over the place. It's uh, Williamson, you know, it's all about the mystery. Who is it? Who's a werewolf? I'm going to leave some clues here. I'm going to leave some clues there. And, you know. You're going to try and misdirect a few times. and. And you're going to have that whole thing happening. And while that's all occurring, because we know, obviously, that Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg, just in the short amount of time, it's like a week or whatever, that they're showing some symptoms. She's becoming, you know, she was the, my hair's in a bun, you know, executive, and I'm uptight with my suits kind of girl. And now she's coming to work and her hair is a flowing you know, the men are just attracted to her because her pheromones have changed and she smells delicious. And she's, you know, she can sniff blood for a half mile away. She's going through the office like, I smell something delicious. 
what is that delicious smell? Tracks it down to the like coworker with a nosebleed in the bathroom. Yeah, so she's that's happening. Then Jesse Eisenberg is like fucking bulking out, like not really muscly, he's, but he's just his strength has gone up. He's he's a guy that went from like being the nerd in front of the computer to like joining the wrestling team. Yeah, he's trying out for the wrestling team and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, because he has a whole issue with uh, Milo. Um, Milo is like a bully and. He's always definitely. There's another reason why they could not probably they really don't want to put any attention on this movie because there are a lot of gay bashing in the film. Yeah, um, I even hate to say gay bashing because I don't like that term, but yeah, there's a lot of homophobia in it. Like. There is a lot of homophobia in it, which is which is so. I mean, I understand that that is. Was a thing, very I big thing, and it's still that a thing. Kevin and Williamson had gone through exactly, and he grew up in that time frame, you know, where that was just something that happened. That was just like the norm, you know. And kids it were doing that to their kids, and stupid shit was said. Kind of cathartic for him to, you know, get to have someone in there, you know, that's doing that kind of stuff, get their ass kicked. Yeah. So. He has that whole thing, and that's why he's going to join the wrestling team, so he could, you know, beat the shit out of this guy and, you know, just shut him down. Which, it's because this... he's an intelligent guy, he tells them, is it really you that you're 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 really the gay one and you're just bashing me because you, you know, I don't want to You can't admit out. it to yourself. Yes, that kind of cliche of, which, you know, it, it's a cliche, but at the same time, it happens so many times. You find these preachers that run these churches that are anti homosexual and they almost always turn out to get caught with a boy at some point and you're like oh yeah you were you were gay the whole time that's why you were doing it and it's the same thing in this but it it happens so it's not totally out of line and you know joshua jackson is the boyfriend to christina uh, christina ritchie's character and you know joshua jackson is looking delicious pacey has a little beard going <laughs> on and you know, Pacey's walking around with his... This is all in L.A., so, of course, there's wolves about, you know, like, kind of like a stereotypical... There's underlining thing of, like, wolves being in the industry, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that whole thing. So that's occurring, and, you know, he's, he's, like, he works for, like... Not like a Ripley's, believe it or not, but like some club that's coming out where they're going to have... He's doing a horror club, basically. Yeah, which he has like all kinds of memorabilia from certain films and... He's got the uh, the cane from Stephen King's Storm of the Century. But which is, it's really, you know, supposed to be like, what is it, Van Helsing's cane or something? Well, actually from the werewolf movie, the cane from oh, the werewolf yes. movie, but it's really the one from King, uh, Storm of the Century. So all kinds of stuff like that, and he's got a hell. He's got a pinhead statue. Yeah, it's not a very good statue. No, but you know, look at the budget they had. <laughs> they only had a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they went on to the CGI, <laughs> and, and it looks like the CGI cost five dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how you spend that much money, and it still looks terrible. It's so wild because when you watch, like, the first season, like, Eccleston, like, Christopher Eccleston's, like, Doctor Who, right? It's, like, the CGI is so far behind because over there, they were a little, they're they're a little behind with the CGI, right? So it just looks so bad. But it's around the same time frame this movie came out. 
So it's it just looks terrible. I mean, I know that we were just like beating it with a dead horse, but you have well, this was around the time everybody was trying to switch from film to video too. They were everything was going to be shot digitally, and they hadn't really figured out yet that trying to do the digital effects on digital it, it didn't work as well. You know, when they were translating it, putting it on film. Had that extra layer of like you know the film was so much you know crisper and more uh, higher definition when you put the effects in with it you had to kind of make it look better to make it look up to that when you're shooting it on video it's eh, you know they just kind of went well there it is that's how it is they didn't seem to be too concerned about that so there's someone else that's going around killing you know doing killing people killed Shannon Elizabeth killed. You know, um, Maya killed whatever, and then you find out that it's the Judy Greer's character, who's a publicist to Scott Bayo. Which I'm pretty sure in the original cut of this, it would have just been Scott Bayo doing all the stuff that she's doing. And, or they were doing it together. Yeah. But, yes. And then she's doing it because she's like, she had sex with, you know, Joshua Jackson because he was a ladies' man. And, you know, he's giving it all up for Christina Ricci. Like, that's, he's like, I'm done. I'm done with this life. I want to settle down with you, whatever. Because there's something he just can't pinpoint. Like, oh, he's he's turning the corner around on her. And, you know, she's the one. And lo and behold, it's Judy Greer is totally in love with fucking Joshua Jackson. Because they had sex, like, once or twice. And I guess it must have been real good sex. Because, you know... And she contracted, this is, she contracted the, uh, werewolf, lycanthropy, whatever, lycanthropy, via sexual intercourse, even so. though he was wearing a condom, because she does mention that. So they're not always that effective. So now she's a werewolf, and she's CGI werewolfing all over the place, trying to kill Christina Ritchie, because you know, gotta get the competition out of the way. And, they go and the whole fucking there's a whole fight with them in the <laughs> in the crazy weird looking horror nightclub which I'm sure they thought was all very meta but it just comes across as weird and you know she gets killed the police come in they kill her um you know because of course you have like a fucking huge ass fuck werewolf go- going around killing people trying to kill you you're gonna shoot it like 5,000 times and you're like wait a second Jesse Eisenberg, he is now back home with Christina Ricci, and they're just getting worse with the werewolf stuff. He no, he's not. He well, yeah, he was getting worse at first. It was like he wasn't, and I thought, oh, it's because they killed Judy Greer, and Judy Greer is the one who made him. Because the whole werewolf lore is like whoever makes you is you know if you if they die, then you're going to be turned back to a human. Ah. Uh, but lo and behold, it was Joshua Jackson, which they did find out it was Joshua Jackson earlier. But Joshua Jackson Surprise, is the one the who whole made time. both of them because he decided, you know what? I need this girl to be part of my life forever. And we're going to be a werewolf couple. And she wasn't a down. werewolf power couple. Yeah, she wasn't down about that. She was not. She was not into that. She was like, no. And then once he was like, we're going to have to kill your brother. She was like, no, bitch, that's not happening. I already... <laughs> Well, you done. And then she kills him. And then, you know, and then the 
Jesse Eisenberg goes into the fucking sunset with Milo Flamingo. Uh, Milo, always want to fuck up his name. Milo V. And Milo V's ex girlfriend, who Jesse Eisenberg is trying to hit from the beginning of the movie, he's trying to hit on a getwood because he has a crush on her. And they're all going to be, you know, happy going down the fucking street. And then the movie ends. And it's just like, what is this movie? Like, what what did I just watch? It's all over the place. Yeah, that's the problem with it. It's just, I can see where you had a good idea. And I can see where that they thought this was going to work out well. Because like I said, it's the early 2000s. You just came off the success of Scream. If they had just left him alone, this, maybe it would have been terrible. Who knows? Maybe they would have been like, it would have been one of those things where they were so you know, thought they couldn't do any wrong. They were going to do this crazy stuff and it wouldn't turn, wouldn't turn out well, but we'll never really know. We'll never know. Well, this concludes our episode because we're not going to even throw out how many knives because this movie deserved no knives. It deserved a big werewolf fuck you. That's what it deserved. No, it's unfair to Craven. It really sucks for Craven because it's just like he has so many films that are like blah and then people always talk about Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream but he did so much more than that like Swamp Thing I love Swamp Thing yeah that was a great one of his and you know when they talk about the hills Summer of Fear guys (laughs) Summer of Fear (laughs) Invitation to Hell not so much no no I want my invitation back yeah he he's he's had some good ones and then he's he's had some highs and he's had some lows and this was one of the lows. This was one of the lows, but I feel like I'm not gonna say that it was his low. His yeah, name is on it and that really sucks and that's why your people are deeming it that it's his low. But it's really the Merrimax and the Weinstein brothers low because they fucked it up. Yeah, if they looked He didn't alone, fuck it up. I'd like to have seen his version of it so we could have said for sure whether or not this was his and Williamson's fault. You know, did they make a bad movie or did the Weinsteins make a bad movie? It's We're, hard to tell. Yeah. In terms of that, I'd just go ahead and give it one and a half knives. I also give it one and a half knives. It's not the worst Forever. thing I've ever seen, but it's it's coherent at least. And for the most part, there's a few weird things here and there. But if you don't know any of the backstory behind it and you watch it, it's an okay PG-13 werewolf movie. It has a ton of people I like. And I like to see them on the screen. And I like that they got some money for it. That's about it. It's like, well, that's... It's totally forgettable, though. Because I I had seen this when it came out. And then I saw it again when it came out on DVD or Blu-ray. But I I watched it again. I couldn't remember half of it. I didn't know what the hell. I was like, "Ah, I don't even remember any of this. As soon as I finished watching it, I immediately forgot about it. (laughs) And that was just like two days ago so that that it's saying a lot right there yeah that's saying a lot thank you so much for joining us in our west craven month celebrating the birth the life the man <laughs> that was west craven stay tuned to the horror and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.